Ask the Podcast Coach for May 13th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that tries to wake you up on a Saturday morning because it is time for Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. Today we're going to be talking about, hey, why isn't my show loud enough? We've got some resources for recording live stuff. What the heck is a revoice me? Uh, as well as should you start a second podcast and to uh, help me bash through those fun-filled topics is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Thanks, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. It's always good to be back on Ask the Podcast Coach. A little bit of flaming going on today from the stories I heard in the pre-show, so I'm excited to... Uh, Excited to hear what's going on in your life. Well, it's it's fun, and and I know we've had people say that uh, you know I repeat stuff on Ask the Podcast Coach that I turn around and do on the School of Podcasting. And I was talking uh, with Josh. For, let me get his show. Where's my phone? Give this man a plug. Um, he's in the he's in Australia, and I was unaware. So if you're in Australia, by the way, uh, you might want to not listen to this around the kids because I'm going to say a word that I had no idea but yeah it, it turns out the the word slut in Amer- in uh, the UK in specifically Australia is like the c word you know the word that you never call a female uh rhymes with punt and uh <laughs> you, you never apparently I had no idea how offensive that was in uh, Australia and so consequently I used that word and I had a um, female, I've yet to figure it out, on the Logical Weight Loss Show, um, basically called me a piece of garbage. Uh, uh, the Podcaster Survival Guide. That is uh, Josh Liston's uh, show. And a really nice guy because he's a guitar player too. So we got done with the interview and then just talked gear for <laughs> a while and stuff. But he said, oh, yeah. He goes, uh, he goes I don't know if you want to like – did you still want to use those words? And because we were talking about this thing and uh, cause I put it in the school of podcasting group. I'm like, well, this was fun. I know. I, I don't know why this woman hates me, but, and he then filled in, he goes, well, he goes, depending on where she's from, that's a really bad word in Australia. And I'm like, I had no clue. Yeah. And can you, can you really cover, I mean, no. let's be honest for a second. Can you cover every single culture and word? I mean, at some point in time, I think someone has to have the, you know, kind of the the wherewithal to go. Oh, he's an American. That doesn't mean that in America, right? I mean, and, and I know we need to be sensitive to it. And if we know, we shouldn't do it, right? Now that you know, that's that's probably a harsh word, anyways, right? Even in English, right? That's a kind of a harsh. Yeah, word. it's not exactly a compliment, and that's why no. I I used yeah. it. I was trying to come up with things that were negative, right. and I said because the whole point was. Uh, to give you the backstory, there's a, a thing that came out in the LA Times that said most Americans are giving up on losing weight. They're just kind of like, you know what? I've tried the grapefruit diet. I've tried the low protein, high protein, low cholesterol, whatever, and I'm just giving up. And I was like, and they said one of the things that really jumped out of me in this was they said most doctors now are worried about going, hey, you know, Steve, you might want to like cut down on the burgers and the fries and stuff. <laughs> Because it's, quote, fat shaming. And I was like, oh, come on now. If your doctor can't say that's not healthy, who can? And I said, what? are we? Are, there's no fat shaming. There's no slut shaming. There's no thief shaming. 
And then I said, uh, and then I went even further and I go, what if you have relations with a goat? Okay, now now I'm just being myself and you can't say that's a bad idea. So I'm, I'm making an extreme, you know, uh, sarcastic remarks to just, you know, let, let's um, just blow it up to the point of ridiculousness to make the point. Yeah. And apparently uh, she found that, which to me, I, I kind of question. Now, are you a thief or a slut that that offended you? I wasn't sure which one was which to, to again, go sarcastic and make a joke out of it. But right. uh um, Daniel well, said, those are hard words. Yeah. I so mean, it's just, just hard words. Yeah. And that's one of those things where obviously that was not planned. It was not thought out. It was just me <laughs> having fun. And, uh, hey, it, many a radio guy's career was ended, you know, in the day, yeah. back in the day was ended with, if you think about radio in the fifties, sixties and seventies, you know, there's a lot of things you couldn't say. And, and many a radio career was ended by, by saying something off the cuff. They just weren't necessarily allowed to even be that way yeah. in a lot of, in a lot of cases, the talk radio, um, you know, kind of the talk radio, the growth of talk radio in the eighties was kind of result, a result of that, you know, of, of holding back in the sixties and seventies. And so it, it's just as you can't, man, you, you gotta be careful, but yet you don't, the shock factor, Dave, that you got, you didn't intend to do it. There are people who do it, intended to do it. Right. It will certainly get you a, a response. Like it will get you a yeah. engagement of some kind, whether it's over negative or over, over positive, you will get a response. Now, the interesting part of it was there are people that are offended and then there are people that are, and they, they, I'll put it this way. I replied to her, her, it was a her in this case. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm sorry that was not my intention. I was trying to point out that I thought it was stupid that doctors don't feel comfortable telling you that, you know, being overweight is bad. Um, I would love to get on Skype with you and, and have a dialogue about this. To which she then, re- her reply was, go to hell. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah. Hmm. And that's when well, I went, this isn't a person that really, they just want to shame. They basically want to yeah. shame me for being shameful. Yeah. So, uh, and that's when I was like, where, um, when I had the, I had somebody a while back that had sent me a thing that said, Hey, uh, Dave, um, when I did the whole thing with the, the BD making fun of BDSM kind of thing, poking fun at it. And, and she had said, you're, you're kind of going a little over the top. Um, and, and I just went, okay, can, can you kind of point out, cause she was saying from a, a Christian standpoint, that was a little over the line. And I'm like, okay, can you, I'm open for, for criticism. Can you point out in the Bible where I crossed the line? And she said, look up these references. And I was like, and, and in the end we kind of went, mm, okay, maybe agree to disagree on some of that. Um, well, but we've lost the art, Dave. We've lost the art of civility in our conversations. This is, I was just talking to somebody about this at work. You know, Facebook has kind of allowed us to just lob grenades, even with our name attached to it. This it used to be right. We used to think people did this because they were anonymous, right. and now that's completely gone. And and people don't, you know, this this idea of benefit of the doubt. You know, it, okay. Let me let me give you an example. Say you're on School of Podcasting. You said something derogatory, or it sounded derogatory about me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say you did that. You never have. But let's just say you have you've done that. Yeah. You had me worried for a second. I'm like, what I say? <laughs> no, no. You're, you're actually very, very kind to me okay. on the school podcast. So, no, but say you did in today's, you know, in today's culture, in today's Internet culture, my immediate response would be to get on social media, Facebook, whatever, and just blast you. Now, Dave, you and I have 170 shows together. We've known each other for a couple years. 
Um, you know, I, 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 we've done all these podcasts together, yet that doesn't warrant enough, uh, enough credibility or enough benefit of the doubt that I would not blast you. And we, we do, I see this happen all the time where people who, who it's obviously it was a mistake or they didn't mean it or it was just read wrong. And the, the idea of me calling you back individually, like, Hey, let's just, can we just talk for a second? Just right. you and me first. That's the first thing that should happen. And I think for podcasters, when we get in that situation, and you had a situation this week, we were talking about this in pre-show with the kind of a, a message you left on Spreaker based on the Spreaker live show. I just don't, you know, it's kind of now, uh, well, let's not talk about that. But the the benefit of the doubt of saying, hey, I know Dave. I know he didn't probably mean it. Let me, let me chat with him first before. And I, I just, I think as podcasters, we need to, when we get in those sticky situations, the first thing we should do is contact the person individually yeah. and say, hey, did you really mean that? Like, and, and take it offline. Because the comment you left on Spreaker, I didn't think it was that inflammatory, but it was taken that way. Now, it's not wrong for Alex to, to have, that, have that feedback, right? He, he, kinda, he got kind of worked up about it. Kind of? Um, <laughs> okay, he got very worked <laughs> up about it. It may have been better for him if he if it bothered him that much to actually contact you individually first and say, "Hey, did you did you mean it that way? Let's have a dialogue." Um, by the way, an amazing Rob Greenley did an amazing job. I mean, Alex was losing his mind on that, and Alex and um, and Rob Rob is cool. Yeah, I mean, nothing shakes Rob Greenley. What Rob does when I was talking with. Uh, Josh last night, he said, really, Rob is the best of, because look, let's face it, I'm, I'm going to lean a little lips and wise. Uh, Mike's going to lean and Todd are going to lean a little bit. Rob does a pretty good job of being Switzerland, of of taking himself out yeah. of it and just reporting yeah. the facts and and being open to to different uh, data and things like that. He's he's really good. And he's, he's he is, he's a really laid back guy. So he's, he's a pro. I mean, I just listened to him handle this, this situation. And so, so folks know we are talking about Spreaker live show, the most recent episode um, that was published. Dave had posted something in the comments. Alex was responding to Alex XM. Who's the, the, the guest host there was responding to it. And Alex got all fired up. And, and so if you want to, it's towards the end of the show, um, probably last third of it or so. If you want to have a listen, but I really appreciate Rob. I mean, I have watched um, him um, just he's cool as a cucumber. Nothing. He disagreed with Alex on a few things and he didn't get, you know, he didn't get crazy with him. He didn't try and degrade him or fire back at him or let that kind of stuff. He's like, now, now, you know, and he would, he would call me and his voice wasn't shaky. It was amazing. He's, he's amazing. Well, here's the thing that uh, dawned on me this morning in the shower, because I was thinking about this, trying to get some, think about how, looking back, trying to get somebody to admit that maybe they're not open to new data. If it's true, they're not open to the new data that they're not open to new data. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you seem kind of closed minded. I am not. So it's one of those where I was like, I just need to probably let this one go. Because I went over and even I gave him classic. I said, "Look, when uh, I said when Rob said, um, you know, uh, according to the data, shows that are popular, you can have a popular show that's over fifty minutes long." To which Alex replied, "Yeah, but nobody's going to listen that long." And then this week, Rob came back with another thing and said, "No, this is based on data. This isn't a survey." 
And and Alex replied, "Well, I don't know if it's true." And I'm like, "Look, I would I would accept gospel truth from Spreaker, Libsyn, Blueberry, or, or or Podbean even if they came out with some sort of data. I would go, well, based on them, yeah, I trust those guys. So it was just kind of a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's a good one though. I think it's a good example as podcasters of of some of the dangers we run into. And yeah. and I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, you, you left feedback and then it was that feedback was responded to live, which right. is difficult yeah. to do sometimes to come off, especially when it's been about you. And then of course you responded to it in that way. And, and so I think it's a perfect example, right or wrong in this situation. Um, I think it's a perfect example of some of the, hard things we have to do as podcasters that if you don't get it right, this is, this is damaging or it can be damaging to your community if you don't get it right. Cause it can look like a petty little fight back and forth. Right. If you're not careful. And I think you just said the best words is I think I'm just going to let it go or yeah. I need to let it go. Cause sometimes you do. Um, well, the one thing that I would say that Rob didn't do um, and not that it would matter I, I have no idea who Alex XM is. And the mm. other thing is, is his last name XM like XM serious? No, 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 no. Is it like, no. I don't know. Cause they always say, Oh, just email me at alexxm.com. And I'm like, E X S U M. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's E X S U M. Yeah. Cause I've never, I'm always like who I know he's a YouTube guy, but he's been, he has been, I mean, I follow the speaker live show from the beginning yeah. and Alex has been on there. I don't know, since 10 or 15 and does a nice job. I like the, you know, Rob is because he's cool as a cucumber. He sometimes comes across very flatlined. You know, very just very smooth, and and Alex adds color. And yeah. by the way, I think that's a good. I mean, it's a good combo. A, it's a good combo. Yeah, yeah, they get they they you know, and so I I really enjoy. All, oftentimes, you know, Alex has lately been railing on the YouTube, yeah. you know, the YouTube AdSense deal. I had no idea that was even going on. And, yeah. And, so it caused me to kind of look into it and go, wow, man, yeah, YouTube really is screwing their their content providers now. With Big the, time. With, yeah. yeah. You know, and so it's that stuff is very, very helpful. But my world's collided because I'm here I am listening to, I was coming away from work <laughs> and I'm listening to it. And then Alec, this Dave Jackson, I don't know who this Dave Jackson is. And then he just, he just goes. Yeah. And, and you know, you and the funny thing is later in the show, he goes, do you know him? And, and Rob's like, yeah, I know him really well. <laughs> yeah. And I think at that point, you know, it's the say say I was me doing that, me just railing on somebody, and then you're like, say it was like I didn't know who Mike Dell was. Right. And then I say to you, Dave, you know, hey, do you know Mike Dell? And you're like, Well, yeah, I actually know him pretty well. Yeah. I would feel really embarrassed at that point, like, oh, oh God. And then I would start thinking about what did I just say? Cause I might have yeah. you know how when you kind of come on you, you yeah. come unhinged. And then you start thinking, oh, my God, what did I just say? Yeah. the uh, Just to, to kind of wrap this up, I remember once I did a thing with a guy that said he really disagreed with something I'd said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, I would love to hear your opinion. Can we hop on Skype? And he's like, sure, my Skype is this. So we get on Skype, and I'm waiting for him like to just come at me. And it's like, this is why. And he's like, man, this is so cool that I'm talking to you. And I'm like, it's so cool that it's talking to me. He's like, yeah, man, I've been listening to your show for years. And all of a sudden, he's like a big fan. And it turns out that what he said in the comment was really not half as heated as I thought it was. Cause there's no tone of voice in a comment. Yeah. And he's like, no, I just think it was this and this and that. I'm like, Oh, 
Okay, I've never thought of it that way. That's an interesting thing. So we had this cool little dialogue, but I had you—you you think somebody's like ready to just flame out on you, yeah. and it really wasn't that big of a deal. So I always, uh-huh. I always invite people. I'm like, hey, cool. Uh, the um, oh, there was a thing at podcast movement last year, and the there were two African American women on stage, and they basically said a thing that said, hey, if you're a white dude. Uh, forget about it. You can blah, 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 blah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's reverse racism. Because if I was on stage and said, look, all the black people can just go away, you can't say that. And I, I started to have a Twitter thing with them. I, I would really love to hear, like, why is that not racist? And all of a sudden, as soon as I I think they realized that, oh, hey, you know what? He might have a point. They got real, real quiet. Yeah. Because I really want to have a dialogue about that. Well, I just think we need to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes and say, did you really? I mean, I think a lot of arguments would be stopped. Excuse me. If we would say, did you really mean to say that? Yeah. Some great comments out in the chat room. Mike Dell says people get so wrapped up in copying success. You're not going to be as good as your original. So do your own thing. In other words, who cares how long your podcast is? And I think, yeah, that's a good point. It's like, you know, do your own thing and, you know, copy some if you need to, but but to do your own. Uh, Emily says, I just think it's funny. People seem to want one size fits all podcast formula. And that's true. You know, we want easy success, right? We don't want to yeah. necessarily have to go through all the work to get it done. The perfect length, the perfect provider, the perfect social media strategy. Yeah. How many times have we seen in the Facebook group now? I think it's every third post. Who's the best provider? Like, you know, we, yeah. you know, we, and, and so again, Dave, you do what you do to save people time, right? From that standpoint. But uh, you know, sometimes also, uh, it, it's a we we hear these conversations, these same things over and over, and people just want the easy. Yeah, yeah, they want they want the easy way to success. They have to realize, and I think I think Rob and Alex came to this conclusion too at the end of the podcast that the hard work is in the content, right? It's the the it, getting started and getting a host provider and getting the equipment and getting that stuff. That's actually the easy stuff. The hard part is creating good, interesting, engaging content don't you think i think that's the hardest part part one i then i think then the second hardest part is finding people to come listen to your show sure sure but yeah. um but you know what else is easy joining in if you want to uh join in on the conversation you can go no you can't dave forgot to add the link oh i hate it when he does i that. hate when i do that they would have gone to last week's link if they would have they would have gone to last week's pod. link and you so, Type this in your browser if you want to join us. <laughs> Askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. Don't hit enter yet. Dave will, yes, uh, Dave will fix Dave that. Dave will fix that. Um, here's a question. Speaking of making good podcasts, because um, I know the minute you start one, you want to start a second one. And I started having this conversation with, with Daniel uh, J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. And, uh, is it really a good idea to start a second podcast as opposed to putting all your beans and, and eggs and whatever else you're going to put in your basket into one? And I went, hmm. Cause I mean, I play with a lot. I have so many podcasts and half of them are just me yeah. testing a service or things like that. But I wonder sometimes like if I just had one, then I just found the best guests and spent, you know, the best ways to promote and this and that, I'm like, that might be, you know, would that move the needle on my downloads? You and I have both done multiple. Mm -hmm. I've done, I've had five going uh, at one time and, um, and it's distracting. And unless it's your full-time job, you know, you have to, you have to uh, kind of make that determination of, 
how much can I handle? There's a little biblical principle that says uh, no man can serve two masters, right? He'll mm-hmm. he'll be faithful to one and angry at the other. And I, and I think sometimes I have a podcast at work that's very successful. It's part of my job. It's part of what I get paid for. I have a podcast at home and I'm down to one now for the most part. I have a second one that we do every couple months. It's not a big deal, but I have this one, but I don't have to prep for this. This is, this is easy peasy. I come in and, and you let me just kind of uh, uh, chat with you. But I've often thought, do I give up my hobby podcast right now? Because work really needs my attention. And, and I think you have to have that conversation because if you're split, if your attention is split or you're trying to split what little attention you have over two or three properties, man, I think that can get, you know, that can get difficult. And I, and I think when you start, when you have that very first thought, like, oh, this is work, you have to question yourself. Don't quit, but you have to question yourself. Like, should I really be doing this? Yeah. And so it's, it's hard. It's hard to serve two podcasts. It's not impossible and people do it. But it, 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 you definitely have to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah, the uh, I, we were talking about this before we started recording. I watched a movie yesterday called uh, Eight Days a Week. It's it's the touring years when the Beatles were actually on the road touring, and the reason they quit touring, it wasn't fun anymore. It was really, I mean, they got into series. I didn't realize in Australia they had like half a million people show up and line the streets. I mean, it was really a case of like somebody's going to die. This is not safe anymore. And they have bomb threats and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, well, no wonder they quit touring. And I think it's the same thing. I think the minute that like for the third time in a row, you're going, I don't want to record this. I don't know what to talk about. And I'm tired of people canceling on my interviews. I'm tired of this. And it's like, all right, that's, I think that's when you know it's time to to let it go. Yeah. Or wrap up the one. Yeah. And And start start the new one. Yeah. Start one. That's actually great advice because, um, like Daniel was talking uh, Thursday on uh, Podcasters Roundtable, um, that once the TV show that he does a podcast about was almost, they weren't sure if it was going to get canceled or not. And it's not. And so I would always think if I was Daniel, if they had come out and said, yes, this is the last, you know, season seven is the last one. We're going to wrap it up. If I was Daniel, I'd start looking. If I wanted to continue a TV pod, I'd start looking for something that was going to fit that audience. Okay, now we're going to look at, maybe this TV show or maybe there's a spinoff or something like that. So that, cause you've got this huge audience. I want to direct them knowing that they're not all going to make it, but start, if you want to continue that, uh, you know, you've, you've worked, we, we talked about this before. It's so hard to get a listener. Mm-hmm. And now that you have them, if you're leaving and you're going someplace else, you might want to find something that interests both you and then be able to say, Hey, this podcast is coming to an end. If you want to continue to listen to me, I'm over here talking about this subject now, and hopefully that would then bring them over as as well. So yeah, in the in the area of uh, having two podcasts too, some podcasters and and I know I've podcasted with a few people have felt this way. They move on to a new project, and then the old project feels they they start mailing it in. Mm-hmm. Like and the, the 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 old project was popular, like it had thousands of listeners. And people still wanted to hear it, but the podcaster felt guilty that they were just mailing it in. And you know, that's a struggle because as a podcaster, you're like, oh, I'm not giving this podcast the attention I used to, but the listeners still love it, you know? And so do you just keep mailing it in and feel guilty about it? Or do you like, let's shut it down. And in this case, the podcaster shut it down. He was like, no, I can't. I just, I don't feel good about just mailing it in. And, and the listeners were still like, 
we'll we'll still listen if you mail it in. So it's a tough, <laughs> you know, it's what do you what do you do if you're if you're feeling guilty about it and you're having trouble, you know, kind of like, oh God. Yeah, then it's probably time to shut it down. Even when the listeners, you always want to leave them wanting more anyways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I did find an interesting question, and this is a this is a, a one that's easy to fall in. It's from uh, a person named Pi Wood. He says, I'm having a huge issue with volume. I use Audacity, and when I double-check my exports before uploading, through my headphones, everything sounds perfect. But when I run it through my car speakers, it's barely audible at max volume. And so what can happen here is if I take my headphone volume right now and jack it up and talk really, really quiet, I can still hear me because my headphones are just going through the roof. So that would be my thing. This is where you always want to kind of mix with your ears, but there are times when you want to mix with your eyes. So when you're recording, that's where you want that, especially in Audacity. I think their meters are better than they used to be. You want that up there somewhere between minus 12, minus 6, so that you get a good volume going in. And then when you export it, on the baseline with Audacity, you can kind of see it. You can still hear it, even though it's really tiny on the, you know, you can still hear it. And and that's deceptive. You want to get full fidelity audio. You want to make sure, now you don't want to make sure it's pinging against the top, but this is the challenge to get that if you're using Audacity to record or any of those, any of those DAWs, you want to make sure you're getting full sound in there, right? This is really, really important. It's like, it's like the faucet. Yeah, you're getting water out of it at a drip, but it's just not very much. You need to make sure that thing is on kind of full blast and, and appropriately full blast, not not clipping on, on either end. Yeah, because it's really easy to, to do. I've had people do this before, and then they find out that, oh, if they just turn down their headphones. Because the, the problem is if they turn up that, that volume to make a good recording, then they're blasting their head off. Well, you need right. to turn the headphones down and turn the recording volume up. Uh, Jim, did you get a, um, a revoice dot me? No. Oh, this no. is, this am is I a, not in the know? <laughs> this is a thing. I got one. I know a couple other people got one and it's some sort of bizarre. I have yet to look at it's revoice dot me. Um, so revoice, I guess would be a way to, and even when I go, wait a minute, oh, that's why, because I forgot the H. Um, and it's something to do with listening to podcasts via Facebook Messenger. And I just, I want to throw this out because uh, they were like, hey, we've subscribed you to this. Like, it's you're being automatically added to whatever the, the service is. Then I'm like, uh, I didn't go over and... Uh, you know, I, I didn't pull my stuff out, but I didn't dig into it. So I was like, oh, this would be a good one for the chat room. Uh, Mike Dell says, most annoying thing ever. <laughs> I got about 30 of them. Excellent. Did anybody go over and actually look at it? Because I just, to me, I'm like, who's, it's almost like who's listening to podcasts on Twitter. I'm like, who's listening to a podcast in Facebook Messenger? Now, I could be completely wrong. Maybe people would. But I just thought, um, I wasn't sure if anybody had actually gone through and kick the tires on it or, but it's, uh, that's one of those things where uh, companies can go through, they can tap into the iTunes database. Like they're going to make their own directory and then just scrape it for email addresses. And cause yeah, I think I had three or four. Um, so if you go check whatever email you have set up in iTunes and I'm not saying that's where it came from, it's a possibility. Um, uh, that may be something 
that, uh, you know, it's, you, you might have one of those fun filled invites or whatever. Uh, another question that I, I thought we, we've talked a bit lately. I don't want to make it like the, the Patreon show, but somebody had an interesting question in one of the Facebook groups about, um, when is it okay to, to start a Patreon account? And then somebody else said, well, let's go the opposite. What's the worst thing about starting a Patreon account? And I was, I was, I thought I would throw that out. What would be the worst thing that could happen if you start a Patreon account? I don't know if there's any downside to it. That was me. I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's the only thing I could think of would be embarrassing would be, I have one. And when people click on it, it says he has no patrons and he makes no money. You that know? is. Yeah. Yeah. I came across a, a podcaster the other day that had zero patrons and I was the first one to sign up for it. And yeah, I guess that could be the one you got to get a few people yeah. to get the ball rolling. So get you know? cousin Charlie and aunt June to, Give you a well, block. you know, you mention this all the time. It's good, a good conversation, right? Like, how how good are family to really have in listening to no. to your podcast? I right, I always get the feeling like, you know, you you've got to really work hard to branch outside your own network to get the best listeners. Yeah, I just don't think your friends are the best listeners. No, especially if they're not family. in your target audience. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, hey, yeah. Aunt June, I want you to listen to my heavy metal podcast. Yeah, probably in fact, not going to work. My friends ridiculed me. When I started a podcast, they're like, seriously, the average guy at TV studios, dude, you're in your basement. Like they knew too much, <laughs> you know, they couldn't, they couldn't get past the imagination right. uh, point of it. Right. You know, so friends can be a little brutal. Yeah. So I was just kind of like throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, but I was like, I think sometimes we, again, I think we over on one hand, there are some people that don't think at all. And these are the people that will start a podcast They'll upload a single file to their their media host and then wonder why it's not in iTunes because they didn't do any kind of they didn't think anything through and that's fine that's I mean God bless them because that's just job security for me. Um, but, Dave, along those lines, though, when we think about what could what could be bad about these situations, you you have and I have seen podcasters and I've done this myself where you have okay, I have an Amazon affiliate link. I have yeah. a bunch of other affiliate links. You know, I've got Newegg. I've got, you know, fill them in, right? Audible, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then Blue Apron. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an affiliate for everything. <clears throat> Man, I'm having trouble this morning. I went, and, I went and screamed and yelled at a marathon race last weekend. I went out oh. and cheered people on. And I'm still trying to recover. No coffee this uh, morning? I don't see the no, mug. No, definitely. Uh, okay. The, All right. <laughs> I'm out, though. There's never enough. There's never enough coffee. But um, the so Patreon becomes one more thing that you add to your affiliate, and and I think it can it can confuse your audience, or you can dilute your affiliate message if you have too many affiliates, and you're mentioning too many, and you you know. So every time you're a little, I'll poke fun at you a little bit, but every time you mention, um, you have something that you mention, and then you do SOP free, right? So. Right. Every, anytime you say Lipson, I think then you feel obligated to say, oh, and by the way, yeah. you can save 20%, whatever. Um, imagine you do that really only for Lipson. I only hear you say that maybe for one affiliate link. But imagine if you had five or six or seven right. and you were doing that for every single one of them. And then you had Patreon on top of that. Like, it, you know, it, that could get a little old. That's I could see that being a drawback. Yeah, if you, um, I've always heard if you give too many too many choices, then they won't choose because they can't figure out which one to pick. 
Well, you've been on those sites, right? And the whole the whole right toolbar or the yeah. whole top or whatever is just jammed with affiliate stuff. And guys, I know we're all trying to make money, but you got to be a little more creative about where you put those and how you advertise for them. Yeah. For the longest time, we only advertised the, <clears throat> excuse me, darn it. Your Amazon only, link. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. And then when that, thank you. Thank you. When that <laughs> went away. Uh, we went to Patreon, and now Amazon's back, and so we're, we're we're talking about two of them. But you can't get too many, I think. Yeah, and then if you're if you're bored, you, you talk because I actually made a site for people that said, "Do you have an affiliate link for?" So that's why I have supportthisshow dot com, and I'm like, "Yeah, if I have one, it's here." And so if you go there, it is just nothing but you know, here's my GoDaddy, here's my site ground, here's my you know, blah blah blah. So if it's there, here it is, uh, and and so that and the only reason I made that site. It was because people kept asking me, do you have an affiliate for? And it's like now it's like if it's here, it's it's there. And I, I have a – and most of them, it's not like I have a – I said Blue Apron earlier. I'm not a Blue Apron affiliate because I've never used them and you know I don't know anything about them and things like that. So Keep talking. I'll be right back. I'm going to get something to – Excellent. Yeah. All right. Um, here is a fun-filled question from Frank Cronin. He says, myself and my friend Ivan have started a podcast called Being Frank with Ivan where we talk about everything and anything until we learn a life lesson from our discussion, which is very uh, Fat Albert of him. If you, For those of you that remember Fat Albert at the end, they'd always like, you know, you just might learn something. Jello pudding. Uh, we are about 10 episodes in and thinking, well, you know what? It's weird. You don't even want to mention Fat Albert anymore because immediately you go, oh, wait, that's a Cosby thing. I probably should mention that. Anyway, going back. We were to talk. Can you say fat anymore? Uh, he, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, he was uh, horizontally challenged, Albert. Um, my friend, okay, myself and my friend Ivan have started a podcast called Being Frank with Ivan, and we talk about everything and anything until we learn a life lesson from our discussion. We're about 10 episodes in and thinking of availing. Wait a minute. 10 episodes in and thinking of availing if some advertising offers. Not sure exactly. Okay. Uh, small ones, not a humble brag. Has anyone ha- has anyone any advice on best practice for copy, read, position of read, and whether it was paid dividends for you? I think what he's asking for is, does anybody have any insights into getting a sponsor on the being frank with Ivan? And the thing that kind of, to me, stepped out of this is he has a show about everything and anything. So you need a product that's going to fit people of all shapes and sizes and colors and, and you know what I mean? Because his show is for everybody. And I went, hmm, not sure. That might be a case where Patreon, you know, your fans can throw you a bone or whatever. And then the other one that I stepped out and was like, ooh, 10 episodes. Because on one hand, I would have – an affiliate link. If you if you really plan on eventually having a sponsor, maybe if you want to get your audience used to hearing some sort of sponsor, get an affiliate that would fit your audience. And that's where I went back to the hmm, what audience fits the you know? And that's where you go for things like Blue Apron and Casper mattresses because everybody sleeps. Squarespace. Yeah, Squarespace. Darwin says. Yeah. Um, Craig says a uh, drawback of Patreon could be the work involved in creating extra content yeah. and giveaways on top. You don't always have to have extra content on Patreon. I don't. I do very little extra content, and yet um, I still have just Patreon supporters that do it every month. So I don't know if you necessarily have to. I think it helps, by the way. 
you yeah. know, starting with something. We gave always stickers and that maybe got 10 or 15 people involved. So that helps, but I don't think you have to. I have seen patrons um, accounts where it's just like, if you'd like to support the show, here it is. And thanks for being a pay. It was like five bucks a yeah. month. Yeah. And it was like, you don't get anything else. It's just a way for you to say, thanks for doing the show. And it's, it's a donation. Yeah. Right. That's used to be the old PayPal donation thing. Right. And I think it works. I think you can do it. Yeah. And you it's, know, it's, it's success is based on you, but yeah. I think you can do it. But, uh, so I, to me, I don't know if I have any advice for Frank at this point. Cause I was like, you're only 10 episodes in. Cause really step one, of course, is build your audience. And then if you want monetize that audience and I'm, I'm, 10 episodes, I'm like, I, he may be skipping, you know, I would, I would love to know what kind of downloads he has and things like that. Cause if it was a, you know, um, if it was a, whatever, Fender Stratocaster podcast, okay, that's pretty niche. You can probably get some guitar strings or some sort of company that would, might want to sponsor that because you obviously have guitar players listening to your your podcast, but a show that's everybody and everything. I was like, mm. yeah, that's, I think the hardest area to break into is when you're the, when you're this just general, you know, I hear, I see this on the Facebook group. Hey, we just, you know, we're kind of a general purpose podcast. We get together and talk about whatever's on our mind, man, gathering it. You better be funny mm-hmm. or you better be interesting because yeah. gathering an audience around that you, 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 you always have to have some kind of gimmick. I think some kind of shtick that draws people to you. And, and so gathering people around that, it, you know, growing your audience one person at a time, which is kind of what, where I am and kind of some of the things we do, it's slow. It's a really slow growth. You got to do it for a long time. And, and, uh, it, it, it's, it's difficult. And I, without that niche, it's, you're, you gotta, especially with as many as those kinds of podcasts, Dave, I bet there's for every one niche, there's a general purpose. Hey, let's just get together. We think we're funny. We're funny after a few beers to each other. So let's, you know, and you think, well, that doesn't always translate to an audience that's not drinking beer with you, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I listened yeah. to a podcast. I think it's called The Hot LZ, and it's a gamer podcast about, I think, about a specific game. And they started off with some of the deepest nerd humor that I think I've ever heard. And they're like, it's uh, Phil, he just got undone packing his house. Johnson and then somebody else, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't get any of these jokes. And then the one guy literally just screamed big, hairy blank, which made me laugh because it was like, well, this isn't funny. So I'll just say something, you know, Uh, I was just like, well, okay, let's just get explicit, shall we? And I I listened to a radio show that was that way, but it was a radio show and they were on every day and they had a built in audience and they, they were pretty, you know, they, they worked themselves into that. It's not like it started that way. You ever, you know, the, the, the master of this is of doing things over and over and over again and making them funny is Craig Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched the late, late show. Oh, with Craig Ferguson. His shows are identical. Literally each show is identical and he would make little changes over maybe two or three weeks. He may add a new segment. They would do that for two or three or four or five weeks. Same thing, same. And it was super inside. But if you were, if you watched it, it was incredibly engaging, but he didn't come up with brand new content every single day for that show. He would stretch a joke four, five, six weeks. Yeah. He he would just grind that thing. And I think part of it is they would record all five of those in a single day. 
Probably. they would, you know, I, I think that was the, the kind of the key. So it, it kind of had that feel and he didn't care either, but that was it. I, I love the fact that he's just like, ah, I got a TV show, but whatever. And let's just rip up the notes and just, you know, yeah. flirt yeah, with yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, so they, the both radio and TV have that advantage of those large audiences that are, although if you go back to the beginning, um, his show is very different on day one than it was nine years later or whatever it was when he, when he left. But you can, if you watch it through the years, you see it morph and change. And he's just not trying to create brand new content every day. And I think sometimes we think we have to create this. It's got to be new and unique every time. Yeah. Speaking of that, Craig has a great point in the uh, chat room. He says, I feel pressure with Patreon to offer extra stuff now that I've, I've got some Patreon income. He says, I know I don't have to, but you, you kind of feel funny taking money. And I'm like, yeah. Do you, Dave? Do you feel funny taking I, money without? I, I do. I do because I have two accounts. I have the, the Ask the Podcast Coach one is just monthly and we're constantly throwing stuff in there. Then I have one where I only get paid if I put out an episode. And, I, and it's weird because now when I put out, like I could make a little tutorial on whatever. And when I put it out, I make 36 bucks. And so what's weird is in my head, I'm like, is this one video worth $36? And it's not, but it's worth a buck 36 times. And that's what I have to wrap my head around. That it's like, I was like, is this really worth, like, it's going to be cool when I publish this, but is that worth? And I'm like, well, no, it's worth a dollar though, 36 times. So I need to kind of wrap my head around that. Um, Mike Dell has a great point. He says, do you ever notice the most popular web hosting affiliate program affiliates like Bluehost? Um, don't use that hosting company. He goes, that goes for Squarespace as well. I'll give credit to Mark Marin. His website is on Squarespace now. But I was contacted by Bluehost. And he's like, I'm the affiliate manager for Bluehost. Would you be interested in being an affiliate? And I said, actually, I, I already am. I go through Commission Junction. And I said, but before you email me back, I said, I've also received some pretty awful service from your company. And I said, I have that affiliate link in the event that somebody's already sold on Bluehost. They're definitely going with Bluehost. I'll give them that affiliate link. I said, but I don't plan on promoting it a whole lot in the future. So I'll be interested to see if they pull my account on Commission Junction. But I was like, that's like, I I don't know that it's the case, but I, I know for a while, because there weren't that many, but a lot of people used to really promote Pamela for recording Skype. And as far as I know, it was one of the few Skype recorders that had an affiliate program. And I personally could never get Pamela to work. And the few, the one time I did, I was recording as a WAV file and I went in and checked and it was like 44 one and blah, you know, the whole, the, the setting. And it still sounded slightly almost fuzzy in a way. And I was like, I just don't like this. And then any software program that, uh, I don't know how other programs do it, but anytime Skype would update and break Pamela, their answer was, well, just downgrade and we'll figure it out later. And I'm like, that is not a good, I understand why it happened, but I'm like, should you kind of have some sort of Skype beta program that you can see what they're doing so that your program, you know, it's, I just thought that was uh, kind of odd. Yeah. That is Skype. Skype is a love hate for most people. I mean, it's been around the long, it's, it's one of the few that's been around as long. I mean, I think I can't remember a day we didn't have Skype. It's been owned by three different companies and maybe four. It's yeah. gone through three different major architectural changes in its hardware. I mean, it's a software and the way it works, the way it works across networks. Uh, Microsoft currently owns Skype and is really integrating it into their office 365 and yeah. Azure. And so it's trying to go completely cloud-based. 
And it's merging the old link system into itself, which became Skype for business. Those two, those two clients will eventually merge. I think yeah. we're going to get some functionality here in Skype eventually that's in Skype for business today that you can record. That would be great. Right. Yeah. Just hit record right in Skype. And, I, and you could do that with Skype for business today. That's always used to make me scratch my head that you could record a call in Skype for business. I'm like, why are they not making this? Because well, it, it was an old link. Uh, yeah. It came out of the link client. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, add this. And if they're worried about all the storage, I'm like, just charge for it. I'll be happy to pay for it if it works. Um, or make it local. Yeah. I mean, make it a local. You don't even need to record it to the cloud. Yeah. Just make it. A, imagine if you if you're Microsoft and you made a Skype recorder that actually worked, that was integrated and it didn't fail all the time. Holy cow. Every single podcaster in the world would would move over to Skype. You might even be able to charge for that. Yeah. But well, you know. spe- speaking of recording stuff, uh, this is from Jason Bryant. Um I've never heard of this. Now, uh, see, I have to look at this so I can blow up the text. Now.source-elements.com slash et cetera, et cetera. It's some sort of, it's called Source Connect. And it's a free, I think at this point in beta, um, WebRC. You know, it's one of those fun-filled recorders. It's another Zencaster cast kind of thing. I haven't played with it yet, but uh, it's like, oh, good. Another toy to go play with. I'll have to go check it out. Well, that's good, though. That drives competition. Yep. And that's what we need, right? We need somebody making some money in that space so others will be incented to create really good software. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as always, if you guys have a question, we are at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. If you want to jump in and ask a question live like Kim did last week, just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. That is live now. I have... Uh, updated that um hey since we were talking about skype really quick before yeah. we, we transition um if you're on the newest version of skype and you're using it they now have a new bot so they've been microsoft has been putting these really kind of interesting bots inside of skype where you can get medical information in other words you can talk to this bot you can say and it will answer back and it's all machine learning and ai it's some really interesting data. I think there'll be some really cool stuff ahead. It's a little gimmicky today, but I think it'll get better as we go. There's a new bot in there called Security Bot by MetaCert. And you can actually copy and paste any link into it, drop it into Skype, and they'll check and make sure it's not ransomware or uh, you know a, nice. a compromised site. Yeah. So there are other websites that you can do this on. And there's some software, my Bitdefender has a little software that will give you a little green check next to it that says it's a safe site to go to. But if you're using Skype and you're on Windows 10 and the most recent co- version of it, an interesting bot. And just one of those things that before you go and surf or, you know, Dave puts this link in the chat room and before you just click on it and go somewhere. Yeah, I trust Dave, so I right. click on it. But if you don't, you can copy paste that link into the security bot in Skype and it will go search and bring it back and say it's good. So it's a little tool, a little safety tool, a little security tool for you if you're already using Skype. Well, the the one website that I always kind of have to, if you have to explain to people, like, here's how you navigate the site. I hate sending people to it. Um, one of the, the tools I use to, to do my ID3 tags, and I'll put this in the chat room. So chat room, let me explain what you have to do when you, when you go here. Um, but it's the, the website is mp 3 tag dot de because it's a German company slash en meaning showed in English and what I hate about this is you're sending people to the website to download the MP3 at uh, tagging software and this guy always has an ad at the top of his page 
that right now says MP3 tag editing software download now. Well, the problem is that's not his software. As I look at it right now, it's software for NCH. So he's always got some other sort of software or, and a lot of times it's some like this one, it's an MP3 tagging software, but it's not his, which I understand why he would do it. Cause the guy's giving away his software for free, but I always have to tell people, yes, go there and then click on the download uh, link, not the download button or the banner. It says home and it says download. And then when you go there, I was like, oh, really seriously? He's da- he's having you download an EXE file. And I'm like, wow, that, that could set off about 8 million security whistles and things like that. Yeah, it's good software. I use it yeah. and I like it. It's good software, but you're right. It's a little, this this part of it is a little jankety. Yeah, I usually, usually what I'll do is I'll send people a link to you know, mp3 tag.de slash en slash download.html um, to go, hey, here's, you know, here's he's actually, the, he's actually got two ads, right? He's got the MP3 yeah, and then next to it, he's got the music tag. Did you say that? Maybe I wasn't listening, but uh, well, he's got the one tag, at the top. free download. So here, here's when you're, you're, so you're going to get some software here and here's your brain thinking. All you're looking for is a download link. You're not even reading, right? You're like, okay, right. where do I click download? Where do I click? So you go up to the top, right? Download now, like that big red down. Yeah. So you click, you're right. You click on that and then you're like, oh, that wasn't the right one. And then it says for, there's a little button over to the left that says free download. Do you see that for music tag when you're looking at it on the left hand side? Mine is a different ad. Mine says oh, constant okay. contact. Ah, see, mine says music tag and it says free download. There's the second eye catching. Like I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna click on this one. Oh, not the right one either. So there's two good opportunities to get uh, to get astray. Yeah. So it's always that. it's always like here's how you down. This is what you. I think I have a tutorial inside the school of potty. Like here's how you navigate this guy's site. To get the software, um, so which I understand. I mean, it's free. He's not charging oh, right for it. You know, I have donated to him. Yeah, so way. have I. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It, it's a it's a really good application. Very, very simple to be able to get your MP3 tags in there. Yeah. So, um, and then there's always the uh, there's one for the Mac that has because I know now he has a Mac version of this. It used to be just PC only. Now he has a Mac version. And then there's the one from PA-Software that is used to be primarily for a Mac that now they have, they've had one for a while. Uh, PA-Software.com. How do you download from this site? It's it's not, yeah, let me go back to it because it's where tricky. Is the, where is the download? As I'm, I'm trying to find that. I'm like, oh, certainly it can't be that hard, Dave. You and click on download and then you have to... Right click on the MP3 tag V282 setup.exe and right click on, I think, and choose save link as. Nope. No. That takes you to a download page. So, no, it can't be that hard. Let's see. So, if I click on that, thanks for using this. Oh, see. Okay. So, what it does, that's weird. If you click on the, the link, first it makes it look like you have to sign up for his newsletter, which you don't. And then the the download link shows up. It's really yeah. odd. Yeah. It's not easy. So, Hey, Mike, Mike Dell's asking a good question. ID three tags. Really? Are they really that important anymore? I, I think they are. Cause they do, they do pre-populate, you know, when I, when I push my MP3s into Mixcloud and shout engine and some of those, it's there more and more of those are picking up the, uh, those tags to pre-populate the, the upload. So they're important there, but where else are they important? Dave, well, it is one of those things. I kind of wish we would uh, poop or get off the pot, as they say, because um, yeah. they, they're not used at all in the Apple Podcast app. 
uh, but they're used in Overcast. They're used if you – they're primarily, I always tell people, if somebody downloads your show to their computer, most of the software, be it iTunes, be it Windows Media Player, is going to use the ID3 tag information. So it's one of those things where 80% are, are listened to on a mobile device, so it's kind of like it's a smaller and smaller percentage. So I don't, I don't think it's quite the file that it used to be because more programs used to use them. But I, to me, it's like – I don't know if it's a foul. I'm just like, it takes all of two seconds to add them. Yeah. So I always just add them now and, and, and go that route. But it is, if the, it, if the file goes out into the wild, yeah. you know, somehow it, you want to, you want some of that to carry along with it. Yeah. And so that's just why I, that's just why I load them in, yeah, you know, and I, and I always give them a way to come back, you know, a link to come back to embedded in the comments. Yeah. So if somebody, exactly. So if somebody downloads it and then they share it with people, yeah, you want to have them to to do. It doesn't that. happen that often anymore in the wild. I mean, we just were not conditioned to share files like that anymore. Right. I mean, there was a point in time where we were sharing a lot of MP3s. I'm not saying people were piloting or or pirating music or anything like that, but yeah. the culture was sharing a lot of files. Well, we just don't share files like that anymore for the most part. Everybody streams it or downloads it from a yeah. reputable source, right? We got stuff blocking that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I used to do the. Um Oh, what was it called? BitTorrent stuff for a oh, while. Geez. And uh, that was yeah. always a hit or miss thing. You're like, oh, it was a mess. Yeah. That was after yeah. Napster. And um, oh, Napster. yeah, it was after Post. That goes back, man. That's like MySpace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, let me uh, share my screen here real quick. And for those of you listening later, uh, what we're looking at is I'm hoping you guys see a weird, it's an artwork says my podcast. Yeah. Okay. What this is, this is what FeedBurner does, asterisks, if you're potentially, if you're using the SmartCast feature. And this was a, uh, this came in to to Lipson this week. Uh, What you're looking at, you'll notice that the description for episode one, we're looking at a show called um, Affirmation Pod. And she was using FeedBurner. And you'll notice that the description, the number one affirmations podcast on Apple podcast for episode number 116, and then episode 115 is the number one affirmations podcast on Apple. That's not the episode description. That's her description for her podcast. And what FeedBurner is doing is it uses the uh, show description for all of her episodes. And so if you've ever heard me talk about this, that's what it looks like. And uh, so this is... um, why you want to kind of stay away from the smart cast feature or for me, I'm just like, just, you know, get away from feed burner. It's old and nasty. There are some weird situations that I might still recommend it, but not, not too many, but so we've we, we built a, a, we have built a subscription list off of feed burner at work that, you know, so give a link, subscribe every time we post to the blog, we use a blogger blog. So it, it makes sense to use the two together. And then it, notifies them that we've made a new post and we've had 2,500 people subscribe to that. And I'm really comfortable using FeedBurner for that. I could export a list of those names. If we needed to move, I could export a list of those email addresses out and import them into another notification engine if I wanted to, but FeedBurner is good for that as well. So FeedBurner's you're using them as your email list? Uh, yes, as okay. a as a subscription list. So anytime they can subscribe and get an automatic notification every time we post. Okay. Yeah. So Does that makes sense. Yeah, and then super simple way to do it because I knew that was available. I thought you yep. couldn't export your list though. That's interesting. No, I've, I'm pretty sure there's a the lists available in there. I um 
I have to, I have to double check. I'm yeah. pretty sure I can get that thing out. Well, Mike, Mike makes a great point. He goes, feed burner is great for bloggers, not so much for podcasters. And yeah. it is, that's really where it, I mean, back in the day right. when we were all blogging maniacs, that's where we're like, Oh, look at how many subscribers I have. And it was great. And then when they added the thing for podcasting, it was great back in, you know, 2005, 2006 ish. Uh, but uh, yeah, not so and, much. And I don't believe any of their numbers, by the way. I mean, they, they've got some <laughs> subscribe numbers in there and it's an algorithm and I don't believe any of it. it. It's not why I have it, right? I'm We're using it so that people can easily get an email every time we post to the blog. That's all it is. I don't market to them. I don't right. send them a newsletter. I don't, the blog is the newsletter, right? I don't right. need another newsletter. Yeah. So then they're saying, Daniel and, and Alan are both saying, yeah, you can export the subscribers, which is cool because that would Good be- up. Pooped yeah. my pants a little bit right there. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's the whole reason I went that way. <laughs> uh, well, what's coming up on uh, TheAverageGuy.tv? You know, a weird weekend. I couldn't do my live show. My daughter had an honors program on Thursday night, and I didn't find out about it till late. So I had to cancel. So today, when we're done after 11, I'm going to sit down and crank out kind of a non-live show. I don't do that very often, but uh, we're always talking tech. we got some great stuff coming up. Uh, Veronica Belmont is coming on our program here in a couple of weeks. You know that name, Veronica Belmont? I, I've heard the name, but I'm like... Yeah, she's she's writing bots. We're, we're talking about this idea of bots because they're getting real popular. So she's going to come on uh, the show here in a couple of weeks. We're excited to have her. Awesome. Well, on the School of Podcasting, I'm going to dig deeper into kind of what we talked about today is what happens when you when you upset your uh, your listeners. When you get flamed, when you flame or get flamed. Yes, flame or get flamed. When you pop a cork or your, your audience does, uh, you know, how to handle that and kind of the behind the scenes of what I've done. and um, Especially another podcaster. I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about that because – other podcasters can, you know, then say things about you on the air. Well, right? what, was, what was interesting is when I was listening to to when I was talking to Josh last night, he said he heard it and he said he was kind of like ready to put on the armor and go because, like, man, you're you're putting down Dave Jackson. And it's like your audience will come to your your rescue, and I was like, that's so. Um, yeah. That that was kind of interesting to hear because he's like, you haven't heard it. And I'm like, was this on the last episode of the Spreaker Live Show? And I'm like, I know I left a comment. He's like, oh yeah. Uh, Alex definitely commented on it. I'm like, okay, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll have to go listen yeah. to it. So, But, hey, don't – everyone should not rush to judgment. Go back and listen to yeah. – all. read the comment that Dave left and listen to the last half of the Spreaker Live show and then make your own judgment. Just don't just yeah. don't go flying off the handle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't – don't. I'm not releasing the hounds. It's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And uh, so we're here every Saturday, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Ask the podcast coach.com slash live. Find Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Find me at SchoolPodcasting.com. And uh, stick around for some post-show. 